Hi, beautiful people. It's me, Sienna, back with another episode of The Process. This one really doesn't need much introduction at all, so I just want to get into it. The only thing I'll say is that Jet Galindo is a mastering engineer, and if you don't know what that means, you'll find out about it in the first minute of this conversation. So Jet Galindo mastered the theme music for The Process, which is so cool. But she's also mastered the La La Land original motion picture soundtrack, music for Weezer, Barbara Streisand, Diana Krall, The Carpenters, Colby Calais, Bette Midler, I could keep going forever. She's not only doing really creative work as her vocation, as her career, and she's making bank doing it, but she's also doing some really important cultural work, which you will find out more about in the episode. I truly felt honored to be spending this hour with her, and I am deeply humbled to be sharing it with all of you. I'm so excited to talk to you because I just, I mean, I have so many questions for you because I see you're doing you're doing so much stuff that you want to do, you know, you're like directing your own life. At least that's what it seems like from afar. So I'm really excited to get into how you're doing that and Mm -hmm. why you're doing that and what it means to you to be doing that. So I always like to start by asking when you think of the creative process, what comes to mind for you? When I think of the creative process, it's, it's very fascinating to approach it from my standpoint as an engineer. Because when people think of, of a sound engineer, it's like the first thing they think of is just numbers and like fiddling with knobs. And especially with mastering engineers are known to be doing like the final touch-ups and all these like creative productions that are meant to be arriving to us in like in, in its almost final state. And it's just about us like making sure that it translates to commercial playback systems in different formats the best way possible. There's so much creativity in us having to understand the vision of our clients. And with mastering, we just work with um, a high frequency of number of projects that come in at the same time. It's like with mixing, you can be working on like an album for like a year or something or months. But an album at a mastering studio can be done in one day. And then we take a few, like I always encourage the artists and the clients to take a few days to um, just make sure to give it a listen, to make sure it feels good and that it translates the way they intended it to sound. So it goes by really fast. So there's creativity in that too. It's like the the limitations that's imposed upon you by this job, responsibility, there's a lot of, of creativity in that. So That's incredible. Can we take a quick second just to... Um like zoom in on what mastering is because I'm realizing most people listening to this podcast will not know what it is. So maybe just quick summary of what it is for us. Yeah. In a nutshell, a mastering is really the final touch on on any pro- music production before it gets delivered for commercial distribution. So every artist every musician every engineer producer will have very different workstations very different rooms acoustics that they're working with and it's up to us as the master engineers to make sure that despite all the variables in each of these productions that they best translate the best possible way in any commercial playback system any platform, any format. So whether you're listening to the music on vinyl, on on digital, whether it's earphones, Bluetooth speakers, or a really expensive loudspeaker setup, that your music is meant to be consumed the way it's intended to be. And it sounds simple, but there's a lot of creativity and, and, and room for um, artistic decisions to be made. Great nutshell description, thank you. Do you consider yourself like freelance mastering engineer? Because I know you work with Bakery LA. I know that's a huge thing for you. Um, But I'm very curious, like how you define your work style, I guess, in this world of artists and music and engineering and production. 
I think the world of studio productions as an engineer or producer, it's very fluid. It's hard to say that someone works exactly in like in a corporate space or commercial space versus freelance. Cause, and, and I think our world in music, it benefits this world, this industry by giving the creators um, the freedom to define their, their roles, the way that works, that serves the music. And it's funny because when we talk about collaboration, um, we usually talk about it in terms of like trust between you and the artist slash client. But I, I thrive as a mastering engineer because of this small team from the bakery. You have to find your tribe in a way, the people who allow you to live the best way you can as a mastering engineer. And I find that my team with Eric, um, James, our studio manager, and Peter, my other mastering colleague, we're just a really good team. It feels like I, I have the permission to really, to really shine as a mastering engineer because I feel that there's a lot of history that I carry with me as part of the bakery and as part of Doug Sachs' history. So if you look up Doug Sachs, he's considered the grandfather of mastering, opening the very first independent mastering facility back in 1967. Wow. He's, he's the guy behind like a lot of the, more, the iconic records of today, um, like Eagles, Ray Charles, Diana Krall. Very, very cool. But at the same time, I think this arrangement we have with my team, there's also a lot of trust to allow me to to present myself as my own mastering engineer. So I'm very proud of the fact that I have a rich um, clientele ranging from big labels to independent artists. And um, I always stress how important or vital the independent um, music community is to my creativity and, and my drive as a mastering engineer. I love that. I actually, I was reading some of your interviews and found this quote from you that I'm going to read back to you. There will be a lot of obstacles, but it's all part of the experience and you should learn to thrive amidst yeah. these setbacks. And I was just like, <laughs> yes, this is such a good yeah, way of putting like, this. And, and, and it, a lot of people would like to call it character building. I think it's more than character building. It really defines who you are. And it's something that you really, it, it's going to suck when you're in the middle of it all. But you're going to have to tell yourself to take action. It's like respond to what you're facing rather than like reacting. And, and yeah, just, just, yeah, I just read a book recently. Where Wait, it, what is it? It's um, distinguishing <laughs> between responding versus reacting. It's yes. the title is how to keep your house while drowning. Ooh. <laughs> but um, it's such a, um, like a judgment free book that it's so simply written it's it's very simple and it's really just you having self-compassion and being kind to yourself even even when you're faced with like all the piling chores in your home like like a dirty home does not have anything to do with your character right look it up by casey yes. davis um I'm, okay. I'm gonna send the info to you but i'm reading it right now and it's a humble simple book that really makes you um, appreciate yourself. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. No, I was, this is actually very relevant because yesterday, so yeah, my, my partner Chris and I, like we have this cleaning day and we've, we've had to <laughs> skip it for the last two weeks because like we are way so too cute. busy. And then I was freaking out yesterday. I was like, we have to clean. <laughs> Everything is terrible. We're such huge failures. Like I was like, it, I was not being compassionate with myself and, yeah, or him. Read the book. It's a good and one. And I need yeah. to read this book. <laughs> we did clean and I feel much better now, but I want to be able to feel okay, even when things are chaotic. I highly recommend okay, the read. And, and yeah, it's like, it's such a good reminder that even when things are not perfect around us, even though we want to, it's not a moral failing at all. It's, yeah, it has nothing to do with that. You, ha you have a very busy schedule. You have a mm -hmm. lot of projects going on all at once. How do you stay balanced? Are there any routines that you have that help <laughs> you to stay balanced? Well, that's the reason why I'm reading this book. Right <laughs> You're like, I'm not sure. <laughs> that's like, it's not easy. Yeah. And yeah. one thing that I'm go I have been going through the past um, two years is the transition between someone who's like hustling 
to becoming the person who's like um the authority slash the go-to but i i've been actively looking for like a support group for this stage i'm in and then oh it's gosh, especially wow. yeah. difficult for someone like me an immigrant where as i was starting out as i was hustling right the main advice and and it's still the advice that i was gonna that i'll keep giving to people who are just starting out is don't be afraid to say yes right especially for women like us women we think that we have to like satisfy all like the little boxes all those boxes need to be checked just so we can convince ourselves that we are qualified for a position or we are qualified for a certain task or to work for a certain person and it was hard for me to like allow myself the permission to go for all those opportunities so yes 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 and and we're right. just gonna explore and take in all the skills that are necessary as we go along the way yeah as you navigate that and as you find your your footing and then you establish um, a reputation the thing that's hardest is learning to say no <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard True. yeah um, and, and yeah. especially for me it's like there's so much fear and anxiety in saying no because it's like all this time you you've taught yourself to just commit to saying yes to every opportunity faces you but right. then now it's like you have to be smart and and compassionate to yourself to just commit to the opportunities that align with your your vision align with your principles align with like just your interests your aesthetic right and the more you keep saying yes to things that don't have value to you you're kind of closing your doors or you're watering down your your skill sets and your capacity to give a hundred percent of yourself to the projects that matter and i've actually sought out a career coach Ooh. last year yeah it's 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 something that i've never really um, explored until I, I gave myself permission to like let's fix this let's figure this out because you deserve to like just succeed and 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 allow yourself to like take the next step and the whole process was just me getting better with learning to say no and saying no can can come in so many different forms it doesn't have to be a no but it's about reminding yourself that you don't have to take on everything Yes. It benefits not just you, but the person asking for you to be matched with someone who will give 100% Ooh, of themselves. Yes. It's yes. really good because it's like I have this tendency to feel like I'm a helper. So it's like I have to help. But no, you're helping the person better by taking yourself out of that situation because it benefits them and you too. What I end up usually doing is Anytime I say no, I always try to make an effort to have someone else to recommend. Mm. Yesterday, I had someone from the Philippines randomly message me that, hey, well, it's a client, it's an amazing musician. And he told me that, hey, I, I know someone who really wants to be mentored in audio engineering. And I highly vouch for them. They're amazing. And the thing is, there are certain things that when I hear them, it's like, my my help tendencies tend to go haywire <laughs> and one of them is like if someone's from the philippines right, right. and mentoring it's like it's like it's like i gotta help yep. <laughs> it's like it again right, I've, right. I've always reminded myself that no matter what point i am in my career i'll always give back to my home country and the people who aspire for this career path as well but at the moment, I'm just really not not really overwhelmed, but I'm just I'm making a choice to take away um, certain things that force me to spread myself thin um, at the expense of my mastering clients. And I'm making a choice to focus on my mastering right now. So yeah. um, I told them that feel free to send my info to the person who needs mentoring, but I can't promise that I have the bandwidth to mentor someone right now. Hopefully that changes, but I can't handle it at the moment. But I highly encourage him and you as well to join this Facebook group called Sound Girls. I'll send you the link. Cool. I'm, I'm one of the admins there. Oh, awesome. <laughs> but yeah, um, 
amazing thing about the Sound Girls Facebook group is there are a lot of like badass veterans and award-winning engineers and all different um, disciplines in audio and music that are just there that have no judgment, are very generous with their time and advice. And just just some of the people that um, I'm friends with who are actively there is the founder of Sound Girls and the longtime live sound engineer of Pearl Jam and Red Hot Chili Peppers, Carrie Keys, um, wow. Eva Reistad, wow. who's a score mixer of Dune, and the whole um, board members of Women in Vinyl are part of Sound Girls as well. That's amazing. And these are just people, not just in the U.S., but all around the world. And and it, Sound Girls um, Facebook community is is amazing because uh, the world of audio tends to be just surrounded by a lot of I'm not gonna say mansplainers, but there I said it. <laughs> but but there's a lot of um. people who who impose their their expertise, and many of those experts don't really fully grasp what they're trying to tell you. <laughs> like I'm sorry, but us being women, somehow we're like treated as like delicate, fragile flowers sometimes. <laughs> like I'm, I've been treated like a six-year-old so God, many times by, yeah. by and, and male sound just engineers. This amazing, yes. I forgot her name, but there's this amazing veteran live sound engineer that just had to vent recently. And, and I'm so frustrated that it has to happen with her because she's like a um, 25-year veteran live sound A1 engineer. And there was this guy who keeps telling her what to do. And like telling her that I've been in the industry for 15 years. Oh no. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah. So it's like to find a place where you're not afraid of being judged for like the simplest questions in audio. Right. That's Sound Girls. And wow. the cool thing is, um, it's not just for women, it's not exclusive to women. And I believe they're changing their organization to Sound Girls Plus. Nice. Just so I love it's it. easier for people to know that it's a very um, welcoming, accepting community. And even the men that are there are very much conscious of their presence there. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it, it's a great support group. And I told them to join Sound Girls and immediately they joined. I think that's a really good reflection on that person for like joining immediately. And yeah, and, and even though I can't commit to mentoring right now, I always remember the people who reach out to me and when there are opportunities I know who to recommend, you know? So this is fascinating to me because I I am hearing this transition that you're making when you're talking about mentorship because you are the go-to person. They want to learn from you and you are still being a mentor by like directing them in these different places. That's still your role. It's just that you're, you're now making sure that you can actually you're making sure that you can have capacity for these other things that are yeah. really important to you. And a capacity for myself. <laughs> the thing is, just because I've been getting more involved with um, mentoring organizations, mentoring can come in so many forms. Mm. Mentoring doesn't mean that someone's going to be shadowing you 40 hours a week. Mentoring can just be meeting with someone over a cup of coffee. Mentoring can be like a quick Zoom call. Or even just that, someone who's reached out wanting advice and and me not being able to commit to helping right now, but here's an organization that will do better than me. Yes, sharing resources, yeah. Just know that I I don't forget about the people who reach out to me because the fact that they're reaching out is already a reflection on on their character. It's like they're seeking out Mm. help and they're serious about this career. One example, and I'm not sure if you know her, but if you look up this mixer, Ali McGuire, I, I met her through Sound Girls, and, and she reached out just wanting to get lunch with me. And that's it. And, and of course, I just say yes to everything, but also I had the capacity at that time. But the one advice that I gave her at that time that has helped her to where she is right now is that I told her to not um, promote herself as a recording engineer, a mixing engineer, a mastering engineer, a producer, a vocal producer. That's good. Um, and it's good to be well-rounded. But if you're going to be promoting yourself, stick to one. And you're going to be going to be seen as the expert for that. And I told her, you know, you might want to say that you're both a mixing and mastering engineer, uh, a mixing, recording, and live sound. But you've always loved mixing. Just tell people that you're a freaking mixing engineer and you are going to be associated with that. It's like 
mixers will be known by default as also being skilled with recording. So you don't need to say that you're a recording engineer. So just like laser focus your strengths. And even though you're well-rounded, focus on this one thing. So yeah, and and that's what's helped my buddy, Ali McGuire. Um, Like she's now like a platinum mixer. Wow. Very, look. Um, follow her on Instagram because she's a very will. she's very much an inspirational, motivational go getter yes. mixer. Okay, but yeah, it's it's things like that, like a quick chat, right? Is already mentorship. I've had people recently like like ask me if they can call me with a question recently, and mm-hmm. it usually just is like a five minute conversation, but it really helps them, and it's not like a huge amount of effort on my part. Exactly. It, you'd be surprised by how a little effort can be. I am not going to be egoistic here by saying it's life changing, but it, it can help someone head towards direction that will impact their lives for the better. Yeah. And the other thing I've, I've been learning or, or noticing, I guess, I've been noticing that as I give feedback or mentor other people, I've been more willing to actually ask for mentorship myself like i'm more willing to now ask for help which before i was not willing to it's do true. that it's, it is very cyclical well yeah. for me what's helped was like finding a community where even like the biggest veterans mm-hmm. are like humble yeah it's because of sound girls where i've met many of them and one of them you're so surprised that she's like this badass engineer who recorded <laughs> steely dad and, and blondie her name's lanise bent She's such a cheerleader. Wow. And it's like, sometimes I question myself, like, do I deserve Aww. this um, like network? But it's a good reminder that by going out there and mentoring other people, you expose yourself to like a network of supportive people as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's so true. Let's talk about an indie project that you've worked on that you're really proud of and excited about. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, that's, that's a good question. And especially because... Um, in the indie community is such a vital part of my success as a mastering engineer just because it's like they keep me i i just i just wake up and i feel alive working on on indie music just because there's so much innovation and there's so much heart Hmm. um and one of my favorites was um mastering and cutting the vinyl for resistance revival chorus um, I love them so much. Yeah, um, this joy—that's I, I, the title. Um, but yeah, they're an amazing group, um, and it's a group composed of um, women and and non-binary, um, LGBTQ plus um, community of of singers. And um, the whole point of the album is um, protest music through joy. It's like oh. like um, singing music as as a means to. Um, call for action in 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 our social social political climate hmm. and the fact that i worked with um J- my good friend um Jacqueline Sanchez i call her Jackie but she goes by Jackie Boom Jackie Boom she's a, yes she she's an she amazing makes a bunch of my stuff yeah she's amazing yep she's amazing <laughs> and and she just recently won a grammy for her work with um engineering John Batiste what? Uh, Wait, how did I? Okay, I haven't been on Instagram very often, so I haven't seen these you. updates. <laughs> I know, but it's yeah. also I miss stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. And, and, yeah, like she, she, she wow. got herself an actual <gasps> gramophone trophy. She deserves that shit. She, that's amazing. She freaking deserves it. And oh, yeah, okay. and, and yeah. so it's like just, just the whole concept of the album and and the people that are singing in the, this album and the people behind the production there's just so much like passion and and um love for for the whole production that um it just feels like every step of the process has a purpose <laughs> and mm. um yeah for me that just gave um my my career path um more meaning you know yeah and yeah, it, and and it was really fulfilling seeing um, one of the songs performed at the inaugural of um, President Biden. So that was really cool, and and for me that's such a memorable indie project. Um, yeah, 
and and um i still do a lot of i still collaborate a lot with um jackie to this day um it's always nice as a mastering engineer to build relationships with with mixers producers and the more you work with them the more you understand and really go deep into understanding their aesthetic and their vision right and it's so satisfying just to be working on on those types of music you you have so many just like astoundingly big names that you've worked on um but but i'm really curious to hear about the arcane project that you worked on so Mm -hmm. this is i guess you can you can describe it, but it just won. What did it win? It's the very first um, series mm. um, to win best animated um, <gasps> category. Oh, that's so cool! So it's always just movies or short film, but that's this amazing. is an actual TV like series made by Netflix, and and it's really cool because um, a big portion of of my mastering discography is in the world of video game music. I know. Arcane is not a video game, but right. <laughs> it's it's an animated series that's created by the the big video game company Riot Games, who also created League of Legends. And um like to end up getting that um mastering opportunity, it's not it's funny cuz it wasn't through the direct um relationship I have with my um video game colleagues from from music school. But um, uh, I got the gig because of um, the scoring engineer, like the engineers who were recording the score album. Oh, wow. But the folks from Riot know who I am. <laughs> really? So like, right, yeah, they just, just know because, you. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just because of my <clears throat> reputation in, in uh, mastering awesome. video game music. Yeah, I have a I, soft yes. spot for, for just because like I, I love video games growing up. You're um, a gamer. But, yeah, um, yeah, not as much lately. <laughs> okay, I, I, I've been meaning to change that once I've like gotten out of spreading myself too thin sometimes. Right, right. But, um, <laughs> like even just the people, like um, like I feel that um, my tribe and and the people I really get along with are the people in video games, and and and, and I'm not gonna say I'm a nerd, but it's like it, it's <laughs> that's kind of like the world I'm in, and and yeah, I love yeah. anime growing up. Um, and it's just it's it's um, the community that I feel most um, like I belong in. So um, a lot of my uh, when I was in Berkeley College of Music, I was part of the video game choir. So I met a lot of them there. And it's. it's wow. Funny. Wait. Yeah, so I'm, just so just so the listeners know, Jet was also she was in a classical choir and I, mm-hmm. now I'm learning a video game choir also. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. OK, continue. Yeah. And, and, and the great thing is it's like um going to berkeley college of music um again any music school any college um like for a moment i thought that it was um like cliche to say that um networking is such a big part of your career but networking can also be seen in like many forms and that Mm -hmm. is um building and maintaining your relationships from back in college and um, many of my friends from college days ended up becoming established um, people in the video game industry. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and again, um, this is these are my people. <laughs> so right. Um, I because of that connection and and just that innate love for video game music, I ended up um, mastering. Um, I'm not sure if you know Lena Rain, but no. um, she's. Uh, uh, award-winning composer who wrote the music for Celeste and recently oh, wow. Minecraft. So oh, I've, wow, cool. I've mastered the music for Minecraft um, and so many other video games, but it, wow. it, it just all fell into place. And, and to be able to wow. master about 90 minutes. Um, <gasps> no, 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 three hours. I'm sorry, three hours of, oh of um, music for Arcane was so cool. So seeing it um, in, in Netflix... Uh, recognizing all of the music that you've mastered it's it's such an amazing experience so that's so amazing oh my gosh i i need to watch this now i have so many i have so many things to watch and read and (laughs) people to follow (laughs) no this is great this is i'm learning so much honestly 
Are you down to talk about money or does that feel sure. weird? Okay. Sure. And, and it's funny because one, one of the things I, I did mention of like when I have a separate Instagram right. <laughs> account for like my interests. Um, and, and I am a huge um, finance nerd. True, you said that, and, business and finance, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is, um, like, I ended up getting into all that interest because when I was an, in, again, um, when I was international student, I, I knew nothing about, like, um, like financial literacy here in America. Mm. And um, and I, I, because I was international, there were a lot of opportunities that were available to citizens that were not available to me so like um i don't have access to um um, fafsa or like public um government funded student loans so i had private student loans (laughs) along with the scholarship but yeah it's like i uh, and, and learning about all the so essentially not like from knowing nothing to now maximizing her roth ira to having an HSA account, to like investing on index funds, and like yeah. I know all that, and makes me so happy. And and That's amazing. at the same time, it's like um, being fully credit card debt free, um, and, yeah. and travel hacking like crazy, getting first class tickets for just points. Oh my gosh! So That's yeah, amazing. I'm all about <laughs> just um, for me like it, it's very empowering, and and, I, and more hmm. women should should be empowered to take control of their finances yes oh my gosh i okay so so i am very curious like how do you make sure that your career is sustainable like financially it's a big question that's a good question it is it it is a big question um but it it was something that again i had to navigate especially with how like um busy i'm getting because again um one of another, it's either a good thing or a bad thing, but with mastering, you you work with a lot of projects. But um, this is this is a weird analogy, okay? It's okay. But here, I'll, I'll try. Okay. But when mass mixing, it's like you're working on like one project for a long time, but then that already covers like one project paid that covers the bills already ah uh, yes so it's like you're, you sold one car and or you right. sold one house and you already right. have your commission and you're like you're done yeah. but with with mastering you need to do a lot because it's not like um it's not like you're you're gonna pay your rent with just one single you know yes. so yes. so um so um i'm thankful that i got to the point where it's like um just full-time mastering and, and even getting busy. For me to get to the point where um, I just focus 100% on my work, it um, it took the help of having a manager because um, the manager is going to be the one to like... The thing is, the manager is on your side and also at the client side. It's not about Ooh, managers. Interesting. It's like the, the goal is that... Um, it, the one thing that there's a misconception of is like managers are just there to gouge um price gouge clients that is the complete opposite <laughs> with a manager you're allowing your engineer the the freedom to just work like focus all their energy to creating art yeah um while the manager susses out the details that that um serves the client but at the same time doesn't compromise the quality of of the engineer's work so it's having that yeah and the manager has really helped me just focus on on just me doing my job so yes that's incredible honestly that's yeah yeah, go ahead go ahead um yeah and and it's not just for managers for producers as well it's um and i believe like for other um, lines of work they're called agents or something um but yeah having right. someone be uh, take responsibility in in dealing with the numbers so that you don't feel like you're shortchanging yourself right. is, is important and and this yes. is very important for me too because again i have this commitment to helping out um the philippine music industry yeah 
and and anytime there's Philippines, it's not gonna um the cost of right, living there is like, very oh, low. Right, you're just like, oh, make it lower. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 and, and yeah it's like sure. um and and my manager James mm-hmm. has yep. knows this um mm-hmm. we and and um so it's like we have to work on a sliding scale. Right. And and right. sustainability is a very important part of that. Um, <clears throat> and just, um sliding scale is vital to keep our mastering studio um, sustainable without mm. compromising the quality of our work right because um and also making it accessible to indies accessible and, and, to indies. Yeah, yeah and, and, and it's yeah. very important for people to know that because record labels have this um like like obnoxiously high budgets and and yeah. your manager should not be afraid right to charge them based on their budget mm-hmm. but at the same time the manager should also be um sensitive to the context of like independent artists and my manager understands that i have clients in the philippines even labels who cannot afford even the standard indie rate here in the us yeah and 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 it's something that that he understands and he knows that serving um this underrepresented um demographic is so important to me so he understands that and at at the same time it's like um i also try like um so the manager handles a lot of of the numbers um for everyone's um benefit but they're all it's very common even to this day where clients and artists reach out to me first Ah. email by instagram dms um, right twitter um, WhatsApp. I How do you handle that? I am so curious about this. Um, so, um, like, the thing is, I don't, I can't just, like, copy-paste a template response. Right. And, right. um, and it's it's not fair to them. It's like, it, it doesn't feel right to me, but I don't know. Eventually, it might end up coming to that because a response is still better than no response. Right. And I've yeah, lost yeah. a Disney gig because I just didn't have no the, way. the bandwidth one time. Oh but my yeah, gosh. anyway. Because it's like even Disney folks wow. would, would slide into your Facebook oh my DMs. Gosh. That's why it, like I, I have to be on social network, uh, oh a social man. media, because yeah. you will get inquiries from... Like the most unconventional channels. Yeah, I think. So, yeah, I think I first messaged you on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and the thing is, it's like oh, um, I always just make sure I put on my bio that if you have inquiries, reach this email. But I still get right. DMs. Right. And um and the thing is, like, uh, hmm. I already have, um, I've already mem like I know exactly what to respond. So it's like I just have to I have to ask them what they need, and then I need your email address so our studio manager can give you a custom quote. But yeah. I always say this at the end. Also, um, off the record, don't hesitate to let our manager know if you're working with a tight budget, <laughs> ah, because yeah. um, we do what we can to accommodate um the needs of in, of our indie clients, and I, I it got to the point where I felt compelled to say that. Because there right. are people who are afraid, that, like it's not sticker shock, but it um it's not in their instinct to negotiate. Right. And the right. reality is, um, if you're gonna be work um in the music industry or in in the arts, a lot of things are um sliding scale, and and like, um, I don't want people to feel that they're insulting us. By like letting us know that this is what they can afford, hmm. and you know what? Um, <laughs> like I've I've taken like really I, I've even done something for free. <laughs> really, wow! Because um, just because out of need. This was like at the very wow. start of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and and again, it's like we do what we can to accommodate everyone, but it's also at the um our manager finds a way to make it work. Hmm. So if the client um, can only afford a, afford a certain amount, we'll take it, but we can only do one revision. Right. <laughs> or we can yes. um, do a certain amount, but we have a tight deadline, so this might we can get to this in a month. Yeah. So it, again, this is not a no. Right. But it's, it's our manager not just like rejecting people, but 
doing us doing our best to accommodate the indie community huh wow i mean that also takes a lot of trust too because i can i'm not thinking this way but i'm imagining someone might be listening and say oh well why don't like uh how do you know people aren't just saying that they can do a certain amount but they can actually do more you know what i mean so it does i think but i think putting that trust in the people who do contact you is is important and that is what you know, and and like at the end of yeah. the day, it's like if it's a really um, discounted rate, um, James would just ask for the payment up front. Mm, that's so, very smart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, again, okay. it helps to have someone neg- negotiate on your behalf. Yes. And and it's it has to be a person who who also has um, just the love for this industry and understand the nuance of this industry that not everyone can afford. And we serve both the big label projects and the indie in a sustainable way that, that allows us to, to help out those that can't afford. But they shouldn't be af- afraid to ask. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I really think that's, that's so amazing mm-hmm. that you do that. I don't know, because you don't have to, right? You don't have to. You don't have to. You could just but, put but, a price on there. And yeah. Then- and 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 you know what? I think that's the reason why we need more representation in the music industry, because like one of the things that I'm really proud of, and I told one of my friends this, is that every time I post my weekly um, new newly mastered releases, right, there is at least two languages in that list of of music releases. Wow! And it's like it's either um, English, and then there's a, a Filipino song or or Spanish, or French, um, Czech, uh, Polish. It's like, um, wow. I think, the, um, like, having, um, there's not a lot of, um, again, there's not a lot of women master engineers, but there's also not a lot of um, Asian master engineers. Yeah. Um, hopefully, there's more. And, and, and I believe, like, in South Korea, there's, like, a really big, like they will need a, a solid mastering facility to keep creating all these amazing K-pop records. <laughs> for but sure, for sure. I'm just saying, like, um, on my behalf, I I have felt um my contribution in a way where I have um served um like um demographics where I feel that they need more help in the mastering department. Mm. Like I've had um big um influential people from the philippines ask um for help because me coming from the philippines i i recognized that problem even when i was a kid where the philippine um top 40s sounds it doesn't sound like american top 40s mm, and everyone's wondering about that right. um, there's something there's something missing and huh. it's not and there's like so much amazing music in the philippines and i'm not sure if you knew, noticed but like Bruno Mars, um, yeah, yeah. Olivia Rodrigo, her, Saweetie, they're all part Filipino. I didn't know about her, but I knew about that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. And, and there's a lot of pride among the Filipinos of, of hmm. like our love for music. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> just just the infrastructure for well-engineered productions is still something that was lacking um, when I was growing up. And for me to contribute in a way where it's like, um, music in the Philippines can stand up against the top 40s of today. Right. Like, yeah, I, I feel <sighs> that um, for me, it, that's an important um, thing that matters to me. It's not, I, I, again, I don't want it to sound like ego, uh, egoistic, but it, it matters to it me. It really doesn't, yeah. It, it makes a difference to me yes. that, that I'm contributing this way to an entire country's music. And in other countries, um reaching out to me too like having i have clients from india singapore um yeah cool (laughs) that oh that's so cool cool. Mm -hmm. that's so cool yeah um okay and and also i'm sorry not not to um digress but no no um, another example of that uh, and i'm sure you probably have heard of her i hope you have her name's Heba Kadri, and she's... Um, I haven't. Oh, my gosh. I need to get her, on this. Okay. Um, especially since you're based in, in New York. Yeah. But Heba yeah. is um, an award-winning mastering engineer. Look mm. her up. She um, also mixed and mastered the recent Bjork album. 
Oh, and she is um, from Egypt. Wow. And the thing is, it's like she serves um, this demographic of like amazing, um, like Middle Eastern um, music, and even like the the um, music scene in New York. When you talk about Heba Kadri, uh, like all of these amazing music in in New York, like a big chunk of that was mastered by Heba Kadri, and. Wow. Yeah, it's like I, I think it it makes a lot of difference to, um, for immigrants yeah. to come here, and and have a place in the music industry because hmm. it, it uh, yeah, expands. Yeah, right, that's what mm -hmm. I was I was just gonna say. Like that is the it's the ideal version of America. I don't know. I don't think we're actually achieving the ideal at all. But um, <laughs> the ideal version is we're all immigrants. We're all sharing our cultures, and then mm -hmm. we're just a big melting pot of cultures, and we're trying to learn how to, and, and how to like, like live all together. the successes yeah. of like American innovation, and the music industry, for example, all of it, them. Yeah, it's and and it's not all of them. it's not meant to be just for, um, America. It's like it. We need to like reach yes. out as immigrants to like serve our community outside of this bubble. So yeah, so that's one thing I, I appreciate about. Um, what I could do with with my job. You said learn to promote yourself, which <laughs> that I just like that way of putting it because it is an Sugar art coffee. in itself. Yeah, that's <laughs> is true. promoting yourself. Yeah, um, and for me, it meant a lot for me to say that too because we're also mm. in a time where technology is makes it so empowering for people of any standing location. Wherever we are in the world, there's so much more opportunity for us to promote what we're doing, especially for music. Music is a yes. very collaborative process, even for engineers. And like for us to be able to reach out to the people who would like line up with our wavelength and be able to collaborate with us, we have to get out there and, and promote the work that we do. And I hate promoting myself. <laughs> um, and you know what? The me too. One thing that I found was a really great balance of me promoting my work is that me promoting my work is not promoting just me, but also promoting the clients and the artists. Yeah. Um. If you've seen my, if you check my Instagram page, I don't promote myself unless I have to. Unless like I promote the articles that I write, I promote the podcasts that I get featured in. Right. I promote brands that I, I've been asked to promote. Yes, but yes. the thing that I am consistent with and consistency is important too with promoting yourself and in a way consistency is what helps it makes it more tolerable <laughs> right. it's easier like once you it's more routine yeah when it's routine it mm -hmm. feels like less of a pain to your ego that you have to do it and for me I've found a template that works I, I already have a system that makes it easier for me to do it on a regular basis and again um, i'm thankful that because of the nature of my work i don't have to like put the focus on me to promote my work right. like i let the artists and their masters speak for the quality of my work and the cool thing is for me when promoting crediting people is vital i always yes. make sure to credit who the producer is the engineers are there's not a lot of real estate for social media but at the very least i try to promote the producer and engineer because it's aligned with me as a mastering engineer what i found really helped me with my work is that um many times when i master something i usually am just in contact with one person either it's the artist or the producer or the mixer whichever but because i make it a point to credit everyone um, there are people that I've never connected with prior oh. to releasing that, and they've loved the masters. Aww. But now we've like initiated connection, and I've yes. had so much more work. Like I've had much wow. more gigs because these people finally like connected with me. Like, please master these other works. Oh, that that's incredible! Yeah, so it's it's a very it's had so much impact to my success. But the funny thing is like you have to find something that works for you because what i do might not work for someone else and and it's it's also preference like my colleague eric he prefers to just 
only promote the big ones interesting <laughs> yeah because for him it's like if you're posting everything yeah it kind of like takes away from the impact of it oversaturates big... yeah but huh. for me it's like the thing is a big part of my work is the indie community yeah so i do my weekly posts for every releases but when there's something big i make like a, a separate post specifically for that but what's worked for me is that i get to promote everyone because the indie community for them it's like vital to to their music and to their art that it gets shared right. so why would i like take away from that opportunity to like spread the word melting my heart right now i'm just <laughs> in it's a like puddle <laughs> so promoting others is is promoting myself and and mm. i wish i can like have advice on how to promote myself but <laughs> the thing is i found a workaround yes i mean it seems like you are <laughs> promoting your vision and your mission and your purpose you're just not saying look how great i am you're just yeah, doing it in like yeah. a different way yeah, yeah it's like i let the work speak for itself and it's right. kind of like badass in that sense it is badass it is <laughs> we gotta wrap up which mm -hmm. is very sad but i am so so grateful that we got to have this conversation. I have been looking forward to it for a long time. Thank you. And and I appreciate you and, and your podcast and the topics that you cover. Um, I think people should be more in touch with like the substance behind like the technical stuff. Like, yeah. So so this this was fun and cathartic. Good. <laughs> oh yay! I'm so glad. Same for me. And I learned a lot and I really appreciate you. All right, thank you so much, right. Jet. Thanks, Anna. I'm just so glad that all of you were there to witness that conversation. Man, I, I'm just so astounded and awed by Jet's work. I'm so glad that she is alive and I'm glad that she has her life force energy and I'm glad that she's learning how to balance that life force energy with her productivity, with her rest and with saying no. It's all so important and I hope that you all got as much out of this conversation as I did. Thank you so much for listening. Your support makes these conversations possible. So if you want to hear more episodes like this, don't forget to leave a review, share this episode with a friend or family member, or join me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Sienna Process for exclusive content. I truly could not produce and release these episodes without the support of my patrons, so please consider becoming a patron if this podcast is resonating with you and if you feel like it's bringing some sort of value or joy to your life. The process is presented by Rochester Groovecast, powered by Balbert Marketing. This podcast is produced and mixed by Sienna Facciolo, edited by Jessica Liu and Sienna Facciolo. Our theme music is written and performed by Sienna Facciolo, Chris Palace, and Jordan Rabinowitz, featuring Sally Louise on guitar. Mixed by Chris Palace, mastered by Jet Galindo.